and welcome to the Jeffrey Podcast. My name is Gordon and this is a podcast about music. My brother John. Hello. <laughs> Wasn't ready. <laughs> and me. Talk through the career of our featured artist, picking our favourite tracks and ranking the albums as we go. The playlists are on Spotify and we're also social networking on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. So, today's podcast is about talking heads which was your suggestion, John? It was, yep. yep. So um, how did you find Talking Heads originally? I have no idea. I actually have no memory of discovering them whatsoever. Um, but uh, it was around the time of Stop Making Sense, the film and, and album. And I can't remember who told me, how I saw it, where I got the record or whatever it was. I, I just don't know. But it was sometime around the time of Stop Making Sense, which was just after they stopped being, well, they was, they was at their height, I guess. They were kind of super cool at that point. Um, so I was a bit late to the party. I think it's like five albums in. But um, it was around then. So I must, I must have been about 13, 14 years old. Yeah, that's not bad. I mean, my story is even blander than yours, really, in the fact that I just... That'll take some doing, because mine was pretty <laughs> bloody bland. There was an entire absence of information there. Yeah, in the fact that I don't, I don't really have any history with them at all, apart from obviously, like everyone else knows a few of the singles, and I don't remember have, sort of knowing them or listening to anything particularly other than what was on the radio. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, well, I'm just going to repeat myself. I, I mean, I think they, they they became big. I remember with Road to Nowhere, and that's when suddenly everyone was talking about them, and I already knew who they were by then, and I already quite liked them. So I was slightly early to the party compared to sort of your average person in the street, at least in the UK. Perhaps they were bigger in the US. But for me, because I kind of was a bit sniffy about pop music, anything that was described as pop, I just decided not to like more or less on principle. I, I missed out on a few things by doing that. And Talking Heads was one of the few things which were probably lumped into that category of pop, that kind of quite lazy catch-all category of pop that I actually really quite liked. So for me, they were always kind of had this... I don't know, something about them is a bit... that I Oh, God, I don't know what I'm saying now. Rescue me, because I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I first probably heard of them when Road to Nowhere came out. I can't, again, like yourself, I can't really remember particularly. So I remember that when they were really a sort of indie pop band, beyond their, their coolness, I think. But um, I did like them then, but I, didn't, I don't remember particularly investigating any further. Well, you have now, because you've read a book. You've read that um, oddly titled fa 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 book. Yes. I think it's also alternatively titled This Must Be The Place. So I think it depends which version you get. That's a much better title. I think it was the original title, and for some reason they changed it to, I think it's seven fars. But Is it? It's the wrong number of fars. For the song, yeah. yeah. From Psycho Killer, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's to do with, I think, on the lyric sheet, there's a certain number of files, but actually, that have never actually been in the song. Well, hang on, it goes. How many was that? I was hoping you, I was assuming you were counting. You're not counting? No. Right, count, right, you ready? Yeah. Was that ten? If we're counting all the fuzz... Because some of them were fuzz and some of them were far past. I think a fuh counts. But yeah, so I think it has varied. But the lyric sheet was seven or something, but there's never been seven. So that's why the title is that. But it's still not a great title. Yeah, and not a 
yeah it's it's rubbish title was it a good book though it was an excellent book yeah um really well written very well researched he obviously loves the band seems to sort of know virtually everything about it so if you do want to know anything about talking heads i, I do very much recommend it it's by david bowman well that's my christmas stocking sorted if you want to uh put that on your list young man right um i'll put it on a list but um i don't normally buy you a christmas present no so. we haven't actually bought Christ- each other christmas presents for two decades but um so yeah so you might be waiting a while but i'll yeah. i'll put it on a list well we could start again buying christmas presents that's true that's true so so they started basically in 1975 um chris france moved to new york and met up with his buddy david byrne and suggested getting a band together which he obviously said yes to I think they spent quite a while looking for a bass player and failed miserably. And then uh, uh, Chris Francis' girlfriend bought a bass guitar and just said, teach me. And she's obviously Tina Weymouth. And they started for quite a while just as a three-piece. And eventually, after a while, decided the sound needed to be a bit bigger and eventually recruited Jerry Harrison. So the lineup doesn't change throughout their entire career. And in this time, they're playing gigs at CBGB's in New York and various other places. And they're spotted by Seymour Stein, who is um, a record company executive who will later on discover Madonna. And he tries to sign them instantly, but he, they say no. They don't think they're ready. And so he says he'll wait for them, which is exactly what happens. Wow. Doesn't happen very often, that, does it? I imagine it doesn't happen ever now. Yeah. How weird. I'd have said, yeah, straight off. Show me the money. I think most people would, but... Yeah. Um, Obviously, they didn't, and it worked out, so you can't say it was a wrong decision. No, no, absolutely not. It's a very courageous decision, I think. So, it was 1977 when their first album comes out, called Talking Heads 77. Yeah. Not the greatest like a, title from no. sort of four art students, but... Uh, it feels like a lost opportunity, doesn't it? But I, I kind of... Because their style was deliberately normal, wasn't it? They were kind of... They, they were kind of giving you nothing to latch onto. They sort of dressed very normally. They looked normal. The band name was deliberately chosen to be very normal. There's nothing about the band name that gave away the genre of the music. You know, like some band names, you could guess that they were death metal or whatever. The band name gives nothing away. The style of them gives nothing away. And I guess the band, the name, the name of the record gives nothing away. It's just 77. Hmm. It's that yeah, same sort maybe. of principle. Yeah, maybe that is what the thinking is. Maybe. I don't know. I still think it's a rubbish title. It it is, but they certainly that's one thing they liked about the band name Talking Heads, wasn't it? The fact that it didn't tell you anything about the genre. There's nothing you could yeah. assume about it. So maybe that that was the thinking with the album title. Possibly. I mean, they they deliberately kind of had no manifesto or no ideology or no, uh, you know, they weren't sort of banging any particular drum. Um, they quite liked sort of having contradictions in their songs and stuff like that. Which I don't know. Maybe that's kind of all part of that same principle. Yeah, maybe. Was Seymour Stein you mentioned? Was yes. he the guy who came up with the, the the name New Wave? Yes. Yeah. Right. I thought he was. He he. Four Talking Heads, I think, because they were didn't like the fact that they were being categorised as punk. So he felt he had to sort of come up with some kind of name phrase so that they can be pigeonholed somewhere else. And uh, yeah, he came up with New Wave. All oh, right. Okay. So the New Wave they produced seventy seven. What are your thoughts on this album? Because I presume, going in your preparation for this, I'm assuming this is the first time you ever encountered, well, probably a few of their albums, in fact. 
Um, as far as I know, I've never actually listened to a Talking Heads album. Certainly oh, not really? all the way none through. of them. Oh right. Yeah. Okay. So I did start and I listened to them all in order originally. That's why I always start. In fact, to do on it, I've listened to them probably, I don't know, seven, eight, nine times, and I have done it all in order actually. Right. Um, to do this, so obviously this was the first, and yeah, I think this has instant appeal. I mean, I, I really like it. It's quite nice and rough, and it does sound like a an indie an indie band album. And you can see because I've never thought of Talking Heads as a punk band at all, even though they no, sometimes I mean get bundled in with that. But at least with this, you can kind of see where it comes from. Obviously, part of it is because they were playing at CBGBs with punk bands. But there are also lots of non-punk bands there as well anyway, or acts. Um, and this kind of has a little bit of a sort of punk edge to it, although not, not a strong one. But yeah, no, I, I really like this. I think it's, um, as I said, it's, it's just good and nice. It sounds like a sort of 70s indie indie band. Although maybe not 70s, but you know, a time. Yeah. An, an, an early band. And I, and I like that sort of sound to it because it's quite simple and like just four people in a room playing playing music yeah i don't think i disagree with much of that i'd only probably add that to me it does sound a bit dated um it is quite i do quite like that kind of choppy punk sound and uh for me it's a little bit empty and as i said a little bit dated but not not much else to say because i i I agree with what you're saying there's a couple of songs i don't particularly like i like tentative decisions in particular but mostly i think it's a pretty decent album but not one i'd go back to very often yeah i'll say i say i don't think there's a song i don't like on it so actually i do think it's um it reminds me a lot of what i was listening to around that time well a bit later than that time because i was only seven when this came out but um and as you know at that time i was well into things like shawaddy waddy but by the time i actually got into sort of a bit better music than than that uh i was listening to things like adam and the ants and it does sound quite similar you can see how people like adam and the ants must have been quite influenced by talking heads in their early albums like dirk wears white socks which have a similar kind of slightly punky slightly what i think of as that kind of fairly empty choppy sound so I could, I, had i heard this at the time i would have probably probably loved it but i didn't yeah. i heard it much much later yeah because adam and the ants started off quite punky didn't they i believe yeah well their first album dirt wears white socks has an almost entirely different lineup than the one you see on stand and deliver and all that kind of more pop glammy pop stuff later more roxy music influenced stuff later that early stuff was much kind of punkier but that all of those members left and went off to form bow wow wow oh okay i didn't yeah, know that malcolm mclaren thing he sent them them all off to form bow wow wow with annabelle lewin and adam went off to form a kind of kind of roxy music styled pop thing with marco peroni and that but anyway, we're not doing Adam and the Ants. We're not. We're doing Talking Heads. But there is a there is a definite kind of... When I listened to it, I thought, oh, God, it, perhaps it doesn't really. But it, to me, it sounded like Dirk Wears White Socks a little bit, but, but better. Definitely better. I much prefer the Talking Heads. Should we pick some songs then? Yeah, I think we should. Do you have a favourite? Should we see if we can pick our favourite first? Well, it's quite hard to see past Psycho Killer, to be honest. Because, you know, it's just such a such a Talking Heads classic. So I, I, and as I said, the first album I heard was uh, Stop Making Sense, which starts brilliantly with Psycho Killer. Um, in fact, in fact, much better than on this album version. But And there's a really good uh, Old Grey Whistle Test version of Psycho Killer, which I just can't stop watching at the moment. So that would definitely be my vote, first vote. Okay. I have quite a few that I sort of quite like. I mean, Psycho Killer is one of those. So we could put that on the list. I think probably my other favourite is the 
Ooh, oh, Love Comes to Town, the first track. Oh, yeah. I like that, yeah. I mean, there's other... Uh, there's all, you know, Happy Day and Who Is It and Don't Worry About the Government. I think they're probably sort of my group of favourite tracks. Okay, I would add Pulled Up to that list as well, which I like. But I'm happy to go with Oh, oh Love Comes to Town because I do really like that as well. And it is their first track, so it's quite nice to include that. Right, they're on there. Right, so um, the next album is more songs about buildings and food that's 1978 the following year so this is apparently the first song sorry the first album with brian eno producing but it's also it's the songs that they still had from when they were signed and the three years from before they were signed so this is the sort of second set of those songs so that's that's it really about this album how, how do you feel yeah. about this one well, I think it's, it is a continuation of the last one. Um, it's a little bit tighter, I think, but not that much different. It's, it, it is a more of the same, a little bit tighter. And for me, fewer standout tracks. There's quite a few tracks that I like. There's no track I don't like. I, but I don't have much more to say about it. It just feels like more and still not a very good album title. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it's definitely it's a bit more polished. They've got rid of the punkiness. I think that that punkiness on on the first album has gone, and it's it's just more more polished, a little bit more samey, and in some ways a little bit less interesting. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what I'm saying. Yeah, there are, I think, a couple of sorts of weaker tracks. Although overall, I do actually like the album, and the more I listen to it as well, I think the more I'm actually liking it as well. It does grow. It is definitely growing on me. What songs? What songs would you pick? Well. I, th- I think sort of the favourite one is probably The Big Country. Right, okay. Yeah, that was on my list. Also, I think there's probably a second track will be The Good Thing. Okay. That's not on my list of favourites. Okay. Although, again, I, I don't dislike it. I don't dislike any of them. I had things like Thank You For Sending Me An Angel, which I do really like. Take Me To The River, of course. I mean, that's now a green cover. Yeah. So I don't know if that may... We, we could use that as an excuse to disqualify it. Because I think that was one of their first breakthrough hits. Yes, it was. Although that's no reason for us to put it on the list. No, and no reason really to exclude it either. But um... no, uh, no, I suppose not. <laughs> if you're uh, going to be like that about it. Um, so, are you happy with the big country going on? Yep. So we put that on. And my other vote would probably be "Thank You for Sending Me an Angel." Okay. If that's on your, if that's near, cl- somewhere near the upper cluster of yours. Um, not really, no. Okay. I think I've, I've got the good thing then, probably, With Our Love, Take Me to the River, and then there's a few others, that. so then Thank You for Sending Me an Angel will probably be next. So I think it probably is that then, isn't it, With the, uh, as a combination of opinions? Well, that or Take Me to the River, which again is in my top two or three as well. So I, either one of those, um, but I was just that's why I was thinking that we could exclude it because it's a cover version. Yeah, well, I've got Take Me to a River higher rated because i do like it more than um thank you for sending me an angel so i think maybe we should put that on all right then okay so i've I've done that so it's coming below talking head 77 do you want to move it um i i i think i prefer the album 77 but it's a close run thing so i'm certainly open to persuasion if you would put more songs above it but i probably wouldn't and i've umdenard on this a while because i do see these two albums as almost inseparable um so i have thought about this a lot but 
and I think I probably prefer 77. I just prefer, because it's a first album that always has a sense of excitement about it. Whereas I, that, I don't get that same sense of excitement on more songs. And that's about as far as I can get in terms of an argument. Yeah, I think I do still, I, I prefer Talking Heads 77. When I started listening, it was it was clearly above. And more songs are slowly creeping up to it. Right. It, it is still, I think, behind. And it may well end up taking over if I keep listening to them. Although not at this pace, but uh, so, yeah, I don't know. But certainly at the moment, it, it is behind 77. Okay, well, let's leave it there then. And let's move on. Yeah. So the next album, so they've they've run out of songs from their original, from their initial original list. So this is new songs, apparently written on the keyboard instead of the guitar. Okay, interesting. And this is Fear of Music, which um, I've written 1973 at the top, but that's clearly not. No, it's 1979. 1979. 1979. Yeah. My numbered dyslexia coming through. So how do you feel about this one? Well, I bought a copy of this last year, or was it the year before, when I was actually in Baltimore, which is the hometown of the great David Byrne. So I was I was dead excited because I'd just seen David Byrne on the American Utopia tour, that one that's all choreographed. And I was on the front row. And then that same summer, like a few weeks later, I'm in Baltimore, his hometown at a brilliant record shop called Soundgarden in Fells Point, I think it is, which is like the cool, funky part of Baltimore. And I bought a copy of this album. So I automatically love it just because of that, irrespective of the music. Which isn't your question, was it? Your question was more about the music. Yeah, I think I think you should try and think about the music just, just for a minute or two, if you could. Uh, well, I think it's a massive step forward from what they've done before. You can just feel a much more confident band here, a much more capable band, um, much more sort of rounded songwriting more complete songs so yeah i think it's it's a much much better album it has the real low point of the song called electric guitar which i really don't like and it's unusual it's not often that i really don't like one of their songs but it's got some brilliant high points as well like Zimbra and cities life during wartime heaven it's got some just great songs on it it's just such a step forward i think it's i think this is when they really started hitting their peak and you thought blimey this is a band that are good this is a band doing something totally different sounding really exciting full of energy great really good album okay so now you've got that impish look on your face which suggests that you think this is a pile of shite or something and we're just going to go off now veering off in entirely different directions well a little there's a series of books called 33 and a third which are little books about classic albums i don't if you're aware of them no okay but the the one that about talking heads is fear of music so even though i don't really know about talking heads i'm assuming that this is the classic album that we're all meant to like i don't think it is actually no okay that's, that's quite it's an odd choice yeah okay but uh, now don't get me wrong i do actually like this album so this isn't radiohead again don't worry i do think it just sort of lacks something and you said like it's full of energy and everything i don't think it is and i think that's kind of my problem with it i do like a lot about it you know there's good songs on it but I do think it just lacks something, and I think it might be a bit of energy. And I put together a playlist of the songs from Fear of Music from the live album, that the, the name of this band is Talking Heads. Yeah. I like, did a, a Fear of Music playlist of that and re-listened to that. And I think, on the whole, I think the live versions are better. There are exceptions, and now there's some that you think, well, actually, both versions are quite good. So I do like the album, but with some reservations. I mean, you're right about electric guitar, but see, that's that's rubbish. Just on that, just on that point, though. I mean, I think 
you're absolutely right about live versions. The live versions are streets ahead of their albums, and I think that's pretty true of everything because they're concerts that you see. There's a great one on YouTube with Adrian Ballou on guitar in Rome, which is around this time. I think it's 1980, so perhaps it's the tour of this one or the next album, Remaining Light, I'm not sure, but it's absolutely brilliant and just so bounding with energy and every single song is just brought to life and for some reason that's not quite true on the albums and i think they're guilty of that pretty much all the way through their career much much better live than on the album but just on your point about is this is the album we're supposed to like i I just don't think that's the case i think the next three albums are often thought of together just as the first two are often thought together quite rightly these next three are and i don't think this is the one of the three we're supposed to put on the pedestal so i'm quite surprised that that's the one that was in the book okay yeah i just i'm not really sure i'd assume that because this i say this book had been written about this album and there's no others on your point about the live versions being better generally i would like to point something out which isn't what i've noticed it's from the book and it's and david bowman points this out is the fact that the only exception he felt was and i agree is uh, take me to the river Certainly later, oh. and certainly more is. I think he's talking more later on when the band, the live band, is expanded, because I think the the charm of the Take Me to the River is the fact that it's kind of wound in a bit, and it's Talking Heads doing it. Whereas when you've got the big band playing it, say sort of like on Stop Making Sense, it's more a bigger band version like Al Green would do, and you shouldn't. They shouldn't really be competing with Al Green on this. They should be doing their version. And that was his point. And I, I, I wouldn't have noticed it, I think, had he not pointed it out. But I think I agree with him. Yeah, it's certainly not something I'd noticed either. Um, I'd have to go back and think. But similarly, I kind of I kind of thought that... I, I heard their version of, of Take Me to the River first on Stop Making Sense. And in fact, I heard everything first on Stop Making Sense that's on Stop Making Sense, because mm. that's the first album I heard. <laughs> so um, I, I kind of... I. I'd already, I'd already kind of um, settled on that version being the definitive version. So then, when I heard it on more songs, I kind of felt that it sounded a bit emptier and liked it less. Perhaps if I'd heard them the other way round, I would have had a different view. You can put that on your list of homework. Okay, will do. Yeah, so I think we've covered this album, have we? Yeah. What songs we're going to pick? Well, I think the the banker for me is heaven. Oh, okay. All right, yeah, I'm I'm happy with that. I do love that song. Yeah, I mean, I I do think it's the best song on the album. It is a really good song, and uh, and again, another one that um, I love from Stop Making Sense, the film. It's not on the album. Yeah, it's a really good version on um, Stop Making Sense as well. Yeah, I love it. It's just David Byrne and Tina Weymouth and um, a backing singer in the background. They 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 do cheat. Yeah, she's not actually on stage, but it's not Tina Weymouth doing the singing. It's one of the backing singers. It's the one thing I don't like about Stop Making Sense is because they cheat there on that song. But it is an amazing version of the song. So I think I should probably get over it. But uh, I haven't just yet. I didn't notice that. Something else to my list of homework to go and check up on. Okay, so the other song on this album, I, my, my vote is Life During Wartime. Okay, I'm okay with that. Yeah, That's I've a got, brilliant song. I think I would, second I would be picking Cities or Life During Wartime. Yeah, well, Cities is my is my third as well. Well, actually, my first is Life During Wartime, then Heaven, then Cities. So, so that was easy. I, I, the thing I like about Life During Wartime as well, that was a song when they were just trying to talk about like the normal everyday life of kind of urban guerrillas in war. 
So they just talk about that. They're singing about their normal life. And, and almost the water side of it is almost an irrelevance. It's quite an interesting idea for a song. So I think we're about to come to blows now because we need to decide where oh, the album is ranked. <laughs> well, um, of those three that we've got so far, for me, it's the top. Okay. So we are in full disagreement. Okay. Where um, do you put it? Well, I, I would leave it at the bottom. And I don't want to get... Not in a negative way. I like all three albums. But I think um, I just like this one less than the other two. So in a sense, you've got the albums like in descending order. So they're, they're kind of 77 first, then more songs in Fear of Music. So you're, they're getting worse in your point of view. Yes, yeah. But they, they are still... I still do like all three albums. So let's not get hung up in negativity just yet. Yeah, I... I, I, uh, I well, yeah, uh, I don't know what to say because for me, it's just it's just stronger than it's 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 a good leap ahead of the first two. Mm. Again, I like all three, but it's a leap ahead. I mean, I do admit it's got moments that don't quite work, like electric guitar. But apart from that, I think it's its highs are much higher. You know, heaven, cities, uh, laughter in wartime, a couple of other songs as well that I'd pick out mm. as well. Well, I like Azimbra, for example. Um, Animals is all right. But yeah, I mean, the other songs aren't great. They're the sort of middling. I think it's, so it's definitely got to go up a place, hasn't it? Yeah, but then we're sort of separating more songs than 77, which to me belong together. But I suppose you're right. There's no other way of of, of getting a compromised view, is there? The, yeah, I'm just wondering if I can live with it being above 77. I suppose it depends how we feel about the other albums as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I've... Okay. Shall we, I'll put it at the top. I think I can go okay, because... I do like all three albums, so I don't kind of feel that strongly about the order, although that is definitely my order. Yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued to know what you think of the later albums as well and where they, they fit. So there may be, we, we could possibly have a later shuffle. Yeah, yeah. When, when we see, I'm not quite sure because there's a couple of things where I'm certainly not decided. I actually haven't done a ranking in my head for this one. Oh, okay. Because there's a couple of things I'm not quite sure about, so I was kind of waiting to see what you thought. Fair enough, because I always do my own ranking beforehand to try and get it straight in my head, so that I do kind of, well, I know where I'm going, obviously. Yeah, well, I I did initially, but I've actually found that I prefer not to, because just with the, I have done up to this point, basically, and this is the first time I haven't, and I adore the talking heads, um, so I kind of know the ranking in my own head anyway, but I was kind of intrigued to know, I wanted the sort of conversation as well to produce, to impact my opinion a bit. And I thought if I write it down, I've got my opinions a bit too set in stone then. Yeah, yeah. So I always, I always write it down, but then actually you find that when it's written down and then you listen to it more, it actually just all goes, gets thrown out the window anyway. But at least you've got yeah, sort of something written down and you know roughly what you thought at some point. Well, I think I'm so familiar with Talking Heads anyway that it's just, uh, it's kind of, I don't really need to. I've been listening to them for so long. Yeah. So I've put Fear of Music for the top, at the top then for the moment okay but we can always um we might need to move this round depending on how we're fitting everything around it okay so the next album 1980 is remain in light so this one i think for the first start of the thing about the record cover is the record cover is the wrong way around from where it was originally designed and the fact that oh, it? the back cover with the planes on that was meant to be the cover because the the album was originally going to be called melody attack so, which is which is why there's fighter planes on the back. Hold on, I'm going to look. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the, so, back, the back cover's quite impressive with all these mountains and fighter planes. I hadn't... Yeah. So the, the picture without the planes is apparently some one of the earliest sort of computer-generated pictures. I do prefer the back cover. Yeah, but the basically the back cover was meant to be the front cover when the album was called Melody Attack. But then they realised that Melody Attack was a rubbish title. Well, they got that right. And the picture of the four faces was meant to be on the back originally, and so they just flipped the images around once they'd come up with a remaining light name. Well, I still prefer the back cover, but anyway. Yeah, but they probably should have kept that cover, but changed, obviously not called it Melody Attack. I think it's, a, I mean, it is their best packaged album, I think, up to this point by a long way. I mean, we didn't mention in, in the previous one The Fear of Music, which is a perfectly decent name, but the album cover itself isn't great. It's just black, really, although it's embossed. Yeah. Or at least the version I've got is embossed. It was meant um, to be, yeah. It was meant to be a textured thing well, rather, I've than, got is, rather than, uh, you know, a picture. The version I've got is, but then as I said, I bought it only a year or two ago, so therefore it's not an original version, whereas this version I'm holding in my hand right now of Remain in Light is an original version from the early 80s, so from 1980. Yeah, for um, Fear of Music, I think they were originally going to make it out of some kind of flooring or something. It was going to be, like, properly embossed, and then they realised that wasn't really practical and they just got the embossed cardboard right the the other fact about this record before we move on to what we think of it is um the overload the final song it was yep. basically david byrne had been reading about um joy division and okay he'd not heard any joy division at all he'd just sort of read the enemy or whatever and he wrote that song is meant to be his version of what he thought a Joy Division song would sound like before he'd actually heard them at all. And I think if you do listen to it, you can really hear a bit of Joy Division in there. Hold on, I'm going to listen now, just so I can hear, because I didn't obviously listen to it with, with yeah. that thinking. So hold on. We can't actually play this on the podcast because of bloody copyright rules, which are absurd. Copyright rules for podcasters, by the way, everybody. So anybody's listening who can sort this out, please do. Because um, it's just ridiculously complicated. So we have looked into this because it would be quite good to, to play little clips of songs, but you've got to do it per territory, and each one's not each one's not particularly expensive. Each territory, but you've got to do every territory. Blimey, yeah, that does almost sound like Ian Curtis singing, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> that is remarkably similar. And he'd never heard them; it was just supposing from what he'd read about them. Yeah, he'd li- he'd listened to the descriptions by journalists and then written the song. He said well, he then wow. went to listen to Joy Division and found them very disappointing. Oh, I love Joy Division. Um, Another podcast we might do at some point, Joy Division, New Order. Um, so what do you think about this album? Well, I'm kind of going to run out of ways of describing, al- describing albums, but I think it is basically better than Fear of Music. Uh, another step forward. I think it's really good, full of energy, <laughs> brilliant songs on it. Absolutely love it. Really, really love it. I mean, it's, it's one of my favourite albums of all time. So I'll stop there, because otherwise I'm just going to say most of the same words that I've said for the previous album and probably the next as well. Fair enough. So, I really don't like this album. I just think... What? Really, just... I mean, it can, you can see there's a bit of a change. Thus, they've got sort of more dance and world music elements in it. But, I mean, ultimately, I'd find it quite boring. And I don't really... I think quite dreary. And I don't really like anything on... Even, like, as I said, I knew some of the, the singles... And Once in a Lifetime is the single that I've never really liked as well. So it didn't oh kind God. of surprise me that um, this is yeah, completely falls flat with me, I'm afraid. 
Oh my god, you're absolutely stunningly here. Because, I mean, yeah, there is the African polyrhythms thing going on, which I don't mind. I quite like the fact that they're expanding into that sort of sound without it taking over too much, which does happen later with um, David Byrne's solo stuff, I think. But I kind of, I don't know what to say. I'm just completely bowled over. I've got no words. I've, I need to rethink a lot of things now. I don't know what to say. I thought that this would be sort of... Oh, yeah, obviously it's better than, uh, you know, the best so far of the four. Obviously it's the top. Yeah, I think, well, we'll come to that bit, shall we? I think we just did. Well, well, it, Should we pick songs then? Um, okay, yeah, let's do that first, and then we can argue about whether it's. I, top I know or you bottom. like to, I know you like to do things in order. Um, yeah. So, do you have do you have a favourite song? Well, I like the first four songs. Side one, basically, I just love every single song. Um, side two, I like less. Um, I, I like listening wind, but um, the other songs I'm a bit less bothered about. I, I, I don't dislike any, but the first, any song from side one, I love them all. The Great Curve, Cross-Eyed and Painless, Once in a Lifetime, Born Under Punches. Absolutely love them. Okay. Um, so I think that the songs I prefer off this album, Cross-Eyed and Painless, The Great Curve, Once in a Lifetime and Listening Wind. So, the same so we, me, so we really. do kind of agree on that bit, just at what level we're at. Um, if this is your one of your most favourite albums of all time, you should really pick the, the best track of it. So you've got a free reign. You can pick whatever you want as the top track. I'm just checking because, yeah, Once in a Lifetime's on side two. I said side one. But side one is actually only the first three songs. So, but anyway, the first three songs, the first four songs. Well, in that case, oh, God. Oh. Well, in that case, I, I, I will pick Once in a Lifetime then. Okay. What about Listening Wind as the other one? Because I'm mean, thinking back now, because I haven't listened to this album, for, well, for a day. That's the one I can actually remember what it sounds like of the others. So I'm yeah, wondering okay. whether that's more of a standout track, because I can actually at least remember it. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm very happy picking Listening Wind. And again, if that reflects a bit your, more your opinion as well. So that would be good to do. But those first three tracks are just brilliant. Well, I, I don't like the first track. Born Under Punches? Yeah. Goodness me. Takes all sorts, doesn't it, in the world? It seems to. It seems to. Yeah. But, um, okay, so here we go. Um, I can see now why you put um, Fear of Music at the top, because you were just trying to buy credit. Well, not really. I, I, was, I'm, I, I think you do me a disservice here regarding my honesty and integrity, of course. Um, no, I've, I would have it nearer the bottom, but... I do like Fear of Music, whereas I don't like Remain in Light. So I think we're agreed it's it's staying at the bottom and we can just move on. What about if in, if to compromise, we put it at the top? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's it's quite hard to sort of compromise on that sort of yeah. thing, isn't it? With, with, with such um, divergent views. Yes. So you think it's one of your favouritest albums ever. And it's the one that I think when I first listened to it, it did nothing for me and it's absolutely nothing changed. Whereas I think most of the other Talking Heads albums, my opinion has... In fact, most, in fact all the others, I think, have grown on me a little bit. Um, okay, well... Um, but if it's your uh, favourite album ever... <laughs> one it's not them. my favourite album ever. It's it's not my favourite album, but it's one of. Yeah. Um, it's not... At, well, I don't, I don't particularly want to... I don't, I don't want to give give away too much, but it's not actually my fa- favorite Talking Heads album. Okay, but but it is um, my second favorite Talking Heads album. Right. 
We haven't had my favourite yet, by the way. No, we haven't had my favourite yet either. Oh, interesting. Oh, it's exciting, isn't it? Because considering how bonkers your views are so far, I'm really quite intrigued to know what's going to happen. Bonkers? Nothing wrong with my views, fella. You just need to sort yourself out. As we always say with this, though, I mean, although I'm a kind of a, a big Talking Heads fan, you're coming at this from the point of view of just a general music fan who's much less knowledgeable. Therefore, this isn't a, an academic treatise of what's the best album or a bunch of Talking Heads fans banging on about how great they are. It is a mixed opinion, and that does give us a different list than you might get otherwise. So I'm quite happy for it not to be top, obviously, because we've got to balance your views here. Yeah. I'll tell you what, let's leave it where it is. And again, we can sort of look at shuffling a bit later. Yeah, potentially. Because okay. I think we're, we might be jumping up, jumping around the rankings here with albums. Yeah, well, let's put some more albums on, and then we can see what we think a bit. Okay. Yeah. So let's have a little breather collect our thoughts because um talking heads did at this time they went all off and did solo albums david byrne did two in fact tom tom club that's when they started they released their first album and i think jerry harrison released recorded his first solo album as well and that's all in the gap and i think so sorry to go back as well i think for the tour of remaining light as well i think that is when they first expanded the live show so this is when they they increased the from just the four of them into a sort of full stage of musicians like you see in uh, in uh, Stop Making Sense. Oh, okay. Well, that must be with the tour I saw on YouTube when they were in Rome with Adrian Ballou on guitar. That must have been that same thing because they had an expanded band on stage. So it must have, And it was around 1980, so it must have been the Remaining Light tour. Yeah, I'd say it was this tour that they, they got that for. And then obviously it was the um, Speaking in Tongues tour that they actually recorded Stop Making Sense. The last tour. Yeah. That's amazing, really, isn't it? Yeah, really is. So, yeah, so the next album is Speaking in Tongues from 1983. This gets their sort of first proper breakthrough hit, I think, with Burning Down the House. Yep. So, oh, so a couple of, of cuts. The, the record cover here, the pictures in the corner are of a chair that David Byrne liked that was in a hotel. And they and he just stuck them on there because they didn't have anything to put on the cover, and they didn't have anything to put on the cover because they'd employed an artist. I don't know if you've heard of him called uh, Robert Rauschenberg. I think I've heard the name, but I'm not sure. It sounds familiar. Yeah. Okay. I'll remind you shortly. You have heard of him. I thought I had. Yeah. Why have I heard of him? <laughs> but they they commissioned him to do the cover, and he came up with some weird sort of plastic thing that opened up and basically they just couldn't get it done in time and they did eventually release it as a limited edition so the co- the cover they've got was kind of cobbled together um, oh, okay yeah robert rauschenberg it's not it isn't a great cover no i think it was thrown together and david byrne had taken these photographs in a hotel of a cherry light and they just stuck them on <laughs> so well, i do have an original copy of that as well so i'm gonna i'll have a look after i'd never noticed the chair okay yeah it's the four there's don't know if you remember there's four pictures in each corner and it's of the yeah. chair basically on on the floor and different angles when we went to new york we went to the guggenheim yeah and we saw a robert rauschenberg exhibition ah okay so that's where i've heard of him from so yeah so all those sticks leaning in corners they were his right okay i wonder why that hadn't stuck with me particularly yeah, and uh, an unfolded out, or not unfolded, a folded out uh, cardboard box, that kind of thing. I remember it. Yes, I had 
I had forgotten that that was him, but yeah, the, the name had obviously stuck somewhere. Yeah, God, yeah, I, I remember that now. We did have a bit of a giggle at that, didn't we? Yes, that's an understatement. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so the album, Speaking in Tongues, what do you think of that? Well, again, for me, it's a, for me, this is my favourite Talking Heads album. This is, the for me, the top of their uh, rather lofty tree. Um, and similarly to sort of what I've said, I think it's another step forward. Now they're not with Brian Eno, are they? It's the sort of the third one without Brian Eno. Mm, yeah. um, but to me, the, these three do kind of belong together. I, I just love it. Again, the first four songs, absolutely love all four of them. On the and Of the later songs, I love the last one. This must be the place. I love Swamp. Um, I don't dislike any of the songs. Same thing, full of energy, brilliant. Similarly, all better live. But that's just true of Talking Heads. But So again, not, not much else to say. Just the sort of repetition of what I've said about the preview albums, but in a slightly higher voice to express my sl- even, even more love for it. Okay. So yeah, so I'm a lot more near your your opinion here so I do really like this album and the more I listen to it the more sort of I realise how you know what a jolly album it is oh good um, and I do like well most of it yeah I think yeah this is one of that I think originally I think when I first listened to it I thought well it's alright and it's a bit jollier but I think this one really has grown on me a lot and I do, I do really like it I, I it's not my favourite Talking Heads album but it is really good. I really like it, and I just enjoy it more and more the more I listen to it. Oh, it's just, it's, I mean, how can you not sing along to Slippery People? It's just such a great one. It's just a brilliant thing to sort of put on in your, on your on your own and just sing along to it. Yeah. I just think it's it's such a good album, this. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm beaming from ear to ear just sort of think, just thinking about it because I just love listening to this album so much. Yeah, and, and something else I'd written down, actually, about the This Must Be The Place, the naive melody one oh yeah it's it's called naive melody apparently because they're all playing the wrong instruments and that's the oh, really? way it's quite simple and and that's basically what that's referring to they were playing i don't know whether the um chris was but i think all the others were all playing sort of the instruments they're not they're less familiar with right okay i didn't realize and that i just assumed it was that sort of no 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 sort of i can't do it because i can't sing but that you know that keyboard bit where it's got yeah. that kind of quite simple little sweet melody. Yeah, but yeah, it's, I think apparently it's because it's the wrong people playing everything. So okay. So I, th- I think we're at the point where we should try and pick tracks. Well, you go first this time because I'm I'm struggling here because I like so many of the songs. Okay, I know I know kind of what you mean. I really like well, burning down the house is good. Slippery people, I think, is really good. I like this must be the place as well. I mean. It, I don't think there's any... I wouldn't pick Moon Rocks or Pull Up The Roots, I don't think, as a, a top one. No, I agree. Um, but pretty much any anything else I would be okay with. Yeah, me too. And something like Girlfriend is better. If, you, if you're picking off Stop Making Sense, you might include that. Oh, yeah. But again, definitely. off the Speaking in Tongues album, I probably wouldn't. It does slightly flatter. But those three that you mentioned first, Burning Down the House, Slippery People, and This Must Be the Place, I'm happy with sort of any two of those three, really. Okay, which two? <laughs> <laughs> How about Slippery People and This Must Be the Place? Not putting on Burning Down the House, even though that's the sort of obvious one. Yeah. Which is a brilliant song, I love it. So oh, I feel a bit silly not saying that now. Yeah, no, I think that's fine to do that. They, I mean, they are really... I, 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 I think they're sort of the three standout tracks although i'm not sure there are that many standout tracks if you know yeah i think that's when i when i started listening to it those are the three that jumped out at me 
the others have caught up a lot since multiple listenings. So in terms of like doing our playlist, then we should probably go for the more instantly likable ones, which is those three. Well, I mean, they, they, I suppose, instantly jumped out of me, but then nearly 40 years later, they're still at the top of my list. So they don't pull either. And the the other songs on the album haven't overtaken them, with the exception maybe Burning Down the House Belongs as well, but you've, we can only pick two because those are the rules. Yeah, so we're happy with that. Yeah. So you want to put Speaking in Tongues at the top, don't you? Yep. I think I might just go with that. I think we might have to discuss the whole thing at the end or something to see if we're actually not happy. But um, yeah, yeah, we'll just bung it in, in at the top. Well, clearly I'm not happy because remaining the lights at the bottom, but, you know... As we discussed, yeah. what are you going to do? Well, yeah. I mean, me, I'm going to do an out about that. So, yeah, Well, should we just get on with it then? Yeah. Like, so, we, uh, obviously, it's so, before we resort to blue language. Yeah. So, after this, obviously, they then make the Stop Making Sense film and release that album, which I think is one of their best sellers. Yeah, and one of their best albums. I think it's great. And I love this film as well. One yeah. of the few sort of concert films you can just sit and watch. And there aren't that many concert films you can just sit and watch and just enjoy. Whereas that's one of the few you can, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is very enjoyable. It's a, li- a little bit dated because it's sure. sort of very, very 80s, certainly. But it's more, you know, partly to do with fashion and everything as well. But, uh, but you know, musically, it's, it's great. Although well, musically, it's a little dated as well, I think, which actually you don't get on the albums. I don't feel their albums generally are dated whereas i i stop making sense i think is a little bit i think after the first two albums the first two albums i feel are slightly dated but after the first two i would agree with you they don't sound dated they're they're studio albums but anyway they go on to do big hit big hitting well actually i mean what david byrne actually does next is he starts working on um on true stories and he's trying to make this film with a soundtrack and it's basically taking up so much of his time, and he's, I mean, it's becoming more obsessed with it as it goes on. And I think he thinks this is their big breakthrough thing, and this is going to be an amazing thing. They turn down doing Live Aid because so that he can concentrate on doing True Stories, which I don't think the rest of the band were really agreed with. It does, seems like an odd thing as well, because like, how much time would that take? Well, exactly. I think it was definitely a mistake. I mean, obviously they didn't didn't actually tour after the the last tour any at all so it wouldn't really have taken that long anyway it would have been a week or two yeah, a bit of rehearsal yeah and you know the, the stage is already there in it so you just got to turn up play go away again i think led zeppelin showed us you didn't really need to practice <laughs> or rather led zeppelin showed you, you really should have practiced i suppose yeah i do just wonder though bearing in mind how good a live act they they were actually what a difference to them it may have made had they actually played. You know, would have they actually had a sort of Queen or U2 style breakthrough? I know they yeah, were quite popular really anyway, but... Um, well, so were Queen and U2, yeah. but they still had that breakthrough. So yeah, that's a really good point. Maybe they would have done. Because by that time as well, they had some really good kind of catchy pop songs that would have captured the imagination of pretty much anybody, I'm sure. Especially as the American Live Aid was a little bit kind of dominated by... Uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. It was all a bit that kind of style of music. Mm. There wasn't the, there wasn't the variety of the London version, I don't think. Yeah. So anyway, so David Byrne is going on at True Stories, is getting obsessed with this, but then realizes that they actually need to put an album out. So they knock together Little Creatures, which 
the original title is apparently um, In Defense of Television. Really? Yeah. All right, okay. I quite like that title. Yeah, um, but Becomes Little Creatures. Um, the cover is done by another artist, uh, Reverend Howard Finster. I quite like the cover. Who apparently he received visions from God and then painted them in enamel paints. And then and Talking Heads commissioned them to do the him to do this, this record cover. Oh, good old God, because it's quite a good cover. Yeah, I'm not sure whether it was God this one or whether it was just... Because the, the, the band members are, are in it, so I think it's more of a, a commission than actually straight from God. Well, if God exists, I would expect him to be a Talking Heads fan. Okay. Talking Head, Talking Heads is one of God's finest creations, okay. assuming God exists. If we're allowed to make that assumption. Well, we. Well, I think um, Howard Finster, or the Reverend Howard Finster, um, feels that way. Well, not necessarily, but yes. With a Reverend, and he says he's receiving visions from God, so it seems likely. Okay. Yeah, but I don't think all gentlemen of the cloth are believers but the jeffrey podcast doesn't usually venture into this kind of territory no but um, we should probably i'm, um, quite, I'm quite enjoying your discomfort <laughs> yeah so. we should probably avoid it just in case okay um so anyway right. well little creatures is what what they came up with what do you think of that john what do i think of this album yeah i uh, well, I think it's quite a different sound again. I think it's a much fuller, poppier sound and a much more kind of straightforward sound. It's less experimental. Um, they just seem to have just knocked out a series of pop songs. Every single one of them is great. I like every single song on this album, but they do kind of, and they're all brilliant sing-along out sing-along songs. And it 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 is a really really strong pop album, but it doesn't feel it's got quite the same sort of depth and thinking and experimentation of their other stuff. So I'm kind of I'm kind of torn because I love it, but at the same time, kind of don't it, it isn't quite as adventurous or as courageous as the others. It's kind of where I am with it. Okay, I largely agree with what you're saying, except I think your sniffiness at pop music is coming out a little bit. I just think it's it a bit, probably is. I think it's just it is it's a bit better than that. I think I just think it really is a brilliant indie pop album. It's really really good, and there isn't a weak song on it. It's just it, it's all good. There isn't a weak song on it. I totally agree mm. with you. I, I I do love every song on this album, and um, I, there is there is a, a sort of sense of my sniffiness of pop. I I agree, but that that's part of who I am. Yeah, I can't I can't change that at this late stage of life. Yeah, and I I take your point about it being sort of a little less sort of experimental and a bit more straightforward, and that's right. But it is just it is just brilliantly done. It is brilliantly done. I, I, I do agree with you. I'm, I'm guessing that this is. I'm guessing where you might be arguing for this to be placed in the ranking. Yeah, yeah, this is top. In in your opinion, let's just add that little. Yeah. Oh yes, yeah. Thing at the end as well. I right? don't think we need to say that, do we? So what um what tracks would you pick? Well, one of my all time favourite songs of all time is, and she was. That is a very good song. So I will pick that as the first track. My second one, that I think this is uh, The Lady Don't Mind. I love that song. That's my favourite. I absolutely love that song. So I think those two... Especially the extended 12-inch version, Mm. where they just go on, "Uh uh-oh, uh-oh, for ages in the middle. I just love that song. Okay, so those are the two songs. That's fine by me. But I I, I like every single song on this album. I do have a massive soft spot for Road to Nowhere as well. Yeah, I think Road to Nowhere is just a... Um, I've had a it's a little bit of overplay on the radio so yeah, I, sure. I think yeah. um, 
little bit of sort of tired of it from that point of view because if, if you know if talking heads are on the radio 99 times out of 100 it's road to nowhere whereas they should really vary it a little bit more than they do yeah because i think and she was is a better song oh yeah and, and 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 the lady don't mind but i do i do still really like a road to nowhere in terms of the list that i i kind of it, yeah, I said I didn't actually do a list and I didn't properly do a list because there were certain things I just didn't bother resolving. But I had Speaking Tongues at the top, then I had uh, Remain in Light, then Fear of Music, and then I had Little Creatures. So I had, I, I did have that bit resolved, that, those top four. So that's where I would put it. Now, bearing in mind rem- below, rem- below Remain in Light. <laughs> um, yeah. But that's, that's where I'd put it. So I don't know, in, in terms of sort of compromised positions, I have Remain in Light second and then Little Creatures fourth. But I'm very, very happy with Little Creatures being third above Fear of Music. Um, that would be but second. I'd, but I'd also have... Rem- well, it wouldn't in my list. Remaining Light would be second. But I'm, I'm okay with it being above Fear of Music. So the moment, the way the list stands, mm. I'm happy with it, apart from Remaining Light. is an absurd anomaly. Okay. But apart from that, it's fine. As Little Creatures now second which would be third or fourth for me right yeah because obviously little creatures is top for me and speaking in tongues i can't remember tongues did you say speaking in tongues tongues you said speaking in tongues did i i was tongues (laughs) anyway speaking in tongues so that i think that was about fourth for me on my list oh right but i think it's moving it's moving up to be honest so i'm I'm kind of okay with a bit of flexibility on that because as i said it's the one that i'd like more and more the more i listen to it more than others so we probably just need to um move on and then come back to remaining light at the end okay so the next one is is true stories which is the the one that came out with the film so this is so talking heads went and just recorded their own version of the of the songs from the film just looking at my notes so the the only little fact i've got from the book about this one is is the video for love for sale which is all full of adverts some real and some fake but apparently David Byrne went through and checked out all the pre-approved people for MTV, so sponsors, and so they're all the adverts from those, so that they knew that they would get MTV airplay. Ah. Because obviously at this time, MTV is a real big deal. Make or break. Yeah. I mean, I suppose Talking Heads are probably a bit past that now, but obviously it still makes a massive difference at this point still. Yeah. But that's why the video is like that. So there's fake adverts and there are some real ones. So what do you think of the album? I think it's okay. I like most of it, but it's a little bit underwhelming. It's Again, it's still, I think, like in the spirit of uh, Little Creatures, it's more of a sort of normal pop album. And there are some nice songs on it, but it's not as good. So I don't know whether it's just coming after that. It feels a little bit disappointing. But ultimately, there's no sort of song on here that I hate or anything like that. But, yeah, just a little bit underwhelmed with it, I think. What about you? I, I suppose I agree with you, but I would be slightly less positive in the sense that, it, it's a, to me, it's, it is a similar vein to Little Creatures, I would agree. It's, it feels a bit like a straightforward pop album in many ways, although I think it's, I, I quite like what David Byrne was trying to do with the film True Stories. I don't think he quite got there. I don't think it works really as a film. But I, I kind of like where he was going, and I certainly think there are bits of it which I really enjoy, like Hey Now. I love the video of Hey Now and the way that comes together with the kids and stuff. Mm. So the bits of which I think are good, and I do like the, the idea, but I don't think it quite works. And as an album, I think it's only okay. And I remember 
as a Talking Heads fan, getting this and thinking, eh, you know, oh, the best is behind them, what a pity. Because I was so used to buying albums from bands whose best years were behind them. And Talking Heads was one of the few that I was kind of not quite in line with, but almost. And then True Stories came out, I thought, oh, God, missed them as well. It really did feel like they were on the sort of, on the wane. Yeah, so I think we're reasonably in agree- agreement here. Shall we try and pick I think so. tracks? Yeah, okay, yeah. Do you have a favourite track? Um, well, I do I do like Love for Sale, actually. I mean, I, I, that is a, a fun one. So I'm very happy to pick that. I enjoy singing along to that one. I don't mind the song Radiohead, and obviously that's the one that the band's named after, but I think it's quite similar to Love for Sale. So I'd probably pick Hey Now as the other one, but mainly because I do quite like the film version. Okay, yeah. I'm happy to go on with that. There's a few. I, I, I agree. I think Love for Sale is good. I like Wild Wild Life. Yeah, People like the, us. That was a single, wasn't it? Wild Wild yeah. Life was the single. I, meh, it's all right, but I don't know. Yeah. People like us, meh, yeah. it's okay. City of Dreams and I think Hey Now as well. I think. So I'm happy to pick Hey Now if you... Okay, let's go for that then. Love for Sale and Hey Now. So obviously it goes above uh, Remaining Light, but does it go any further? It doesn't go above Remaining Light, stop it. So are we leaving it at the bottom? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Goes above Remaining Light. Have you heard (laughs) yourself? Have you heard yourself? On my list, Remaining Light is at the bottom. That's just absolutely nuts. I'm glad this is being recorded, because in years to come you'll look back on this and you'll be sort of eating yourself of embarrassment. Okay, I don't think so. I think it's. I, the, I, I really don't think I would have. I don't think I'll change my mind on the album much. Well, I think. I mean, everything else. I think you know we're either sort of in moderate agreement, or you can sort of mm. more or less kind of see what the point was or whatever. But that's just obviously a massive difference of opinion that I, I just can't. I just can't get my head around at all. I just just don't get it. And even when we've talked about other bands and other podcasts, like when we talked about things like Kid A on. Uh, Radiohead album you can see why somebody wouldn't like it certainly of course Uh, it was was a very divisive album Mm. but I just don't get it in this case that's all remaining light to me it just feels like something that slots perfectly between fear of music and speaking in tongues yeah I mean I I partially agree with what you say there in the fact that I think when you listen to remaining light you can hear even though I don't like it I can hear why other people do which I didn't really get with Kid A it's just like just couldn't understand why you know we're not going back over that no no but what my point is though that you can actually see that there is something there with remaining light part of it is actually just your individual tastes but yes we don't want to rake up the whole radio head thing again no 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 absolutely not so let's move on to the final album 1990 sorry 1988 naked yeah what do you think of this one well Again, I was really excited when this came out because, again, it was another Talking Heads album that I was buying, actually, at the moment uh, it was being released. And uh, I was disappointed, I admit, when I put it on. There's a couple of songs I love that were great uh, singles. But on the whole, I kind of... Initially, I was underwhelmed and thought, "Eh, here we go again. It really feels like it's a bit boring. The band are maybe falling apart a bit. It kind of just felt they're not... In the past, they'd been moving pop forward and felt they were really at the vanguard of something quite exciting. And then suddenly it just feels like eh, another kind of iffy pop album that's sort of all right. But it has grown on me since then. So it's certainly not far up there. But it, there's a couple of songs I really do like and it has grown on me. But I wouldn't use this to try and convince anybody to, to get into get into the band. No, it, you wouldn't recommend it to somebody to start there, would you? No, 
I think I largely agree with you here. I think it's, it's a little bit underwhelming again. I think part of the problem is the first two songs are probably the two worst songs on the album. And so you're, you're starting on a on a bad foot here. Well, I see. I quite like the first two songs. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 Especially I Blind, don't. the first song. Blind, I really like. Mr. Jones a bit less, but Blind, I really like. Yeah. Yeah, I just... Um, yeah, I, I don't... I don't know. It, it, I think it is quite reminiscent of of Graceland in its style, in that in the way that they've kind of it's sort of world music influenced. And I don't know if that's just because I'm really I am quite familiar with Graceland album because I used to listen to it absolutely loads in when it came out. Um, and I don't know if that adds to it. Sort of, it feels like a a little bit of lack of a copy of that in a in a way, which is I'm fairly sure will be unfair because I'm sure they haven't done that. Well, I think, I mean, the direction of travel for David Byrne at this point was very much going towards, I mean, he'd done the African rhythms way back, you know, years previously with the Zimba and, and, and after that in uh, in Remaining Light, of course. So that was nothing particularly new. And the next album he did after this solo was Ray Momo, which was very much, it was more South American Brazilian sort of style, I think. So he was definitely going in that direction of exploring different kinds of music and going in that world music sort of way. So you can definitely hear it on here. You're absolutely right. I mean, it's just that sort of that sort of gentle vibe influence that it's got. And in a way, it's a compliment because it's you know, Graceland is a good album. Oh, it's a cracker! Yeah, definitely. So, uh, so maybe as I said, it's just probably because I'm more familiar with Graceland that it it kind of feels sort of in its shadow a little bit. But as it's, it isn't as strong as Graceland as a, as an album. So, no, I think in a sense you kind of we feel it feels by this point we're sort of exposing the real weaknesses of the band in the sense that they're what they're doing just isn't quite good enough anymore. Whereas those first few albums, they were just really taking that sort of post-punk new wave poppy thing to new places and doing really new things and were absolutely brilliant. Mm. Whereas now they've given up live performance, the band aren't getting on so well, or at least not with David Byrne. So, and and he's trying to sort of pull them in this direction that's not quite working. It, It does kind of feel like they're sort of running out of steam and they're kind of at the end of where they are. Okay, so, top tracks? Well, I I really like the track Blind, but obviously that's not, go, not getting on there, because um, you're not keen. <laughs> so, um, Nothing But Flowers is good, and it's got Johnny Marr on it, so one has to take one's hat off for that. I really like the Democratic Circus, it's a bit of an oddball song, but I quite like that. And at the time, I loved Mummy, Daddy, You and I as well, so I've got a lot of kind mm. of feelings about that song, because it really, I, I listened to it earlier today, actually. And I was absolutely transported back to that period of my life. It really it was really quite a tangible feeling. Mm. So I, I, I do have a soft spot for that, but I don't know if that would necessarily travel to other people. I don't know. I think that the ones I like best, we've got Nothing But Flowers, Democratic Circus as well. I've got Facts of Life, I think maybe a little bit less so, but um, the, a Mummy Daddy You and I as well. So the, um, okay. I also quite like Bill, which I think was not on the vinyl version, if you, but it was on the CD and cassette, so he's still... I do have the vinyl version of this as well. Well, it's not. It shouldn't be on there, but um, I quite like that one as well. I can't. I can't be bothered to move and go and check because it's the other side of the room. Well, I've got it written down that it was on the CD in the cassette, so okay. I'd expect to not see it there. All right, so we're going with nothing but flowers. Yeah, and so um, probably part of a nod to Johnny Marr, Democratic Circus, or Mummy, Daddy, You and I. Well, uh, I, I I think Mummy, Daddy, You and I kind of almost belongs on little creatures it feels like that sort of song to me 
it's a continuation of that mm. that kind of pop that they did then whereas democratic circus feels quite different and not like much else that i've heard from them before so i'd probably vote for that just because it's a little bit different and showcases something a little bit different okay we'll stick that on then because it's, it's on my shortlist as well we need to discuss where this goes in the ranking so above true stories i would put it above true stories yes but i wouldn't put it any higher okay i'm okay with that i'm not not going to argue any further okay so going beyond then they they didn't release um another album they did go back into the studio and do a few more songs which ended up on the stand in the vaseline album um but that's the best of so uh, we won't be considering that so i think there was another four songs basically they they did which was cobbled together from outtakes and bits and pieces so this is the eight so do we need to come back to remain in light um, well, I don't, I don't know how amenable you are to moving it up, and you know, I, I suppose that's the that's the my only gripe with the list is remaining the light is hopelessly underranked there. But so it just depends how amenable you are to move it up. Yeah, I mean, I'm reasonably happy with the list apart from remaining light is is overranked here, and I mean, fear of, fear of music is a little higher than I would have as well, but I can live with that. I don't know. If I think because I found it so dreary and uninteresting, it's hard to. Uh, well, what work about out. what would you put above Fear of Music? Seventy-seven. I had Fear of Music below more songs. Oh, below more songs. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Right. Oh, hang on. Fear of Music. So in OIC. So you would put both seventy-seven and more songs above Fear of Music. Yeah. Well, how about if, as a compromise, right, we put seventy-seven above Fear of Music and Remaining Light above more songs. Does that make... Do you, do you know what I mean? So, 77 above there and then remaining light up there. So, like that. Yeah. I mean, it's not obviously my list, or nor is it yours, but... No, I think we might have to... If you're okay with that, to settle... I think we'll have to settle on this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. I think we have to. God. <laughs> okay, so we've got our final list. So... Eighth is True Stories. Above that is Naked. And then we've got more songs about buildings and food. And then above that, as low down as this, incredibly, is Remaining Light. And then next is Fear of Music. Then their debut, Talking Head 77. And then second is Little Creatures. And top, Speaking in Tongues. So there we have our, our chart. How do you feel about that, John? I uh, well, as you know, I don't like it. I'm not that keen. I I do think the bottom two are right. Happy with True Stories and Naked in that order, and I'm quite happy with the top two. Speaking in tongues and Little Creatures. I would put Little Creatures in my top three, not top two, because I'd have remained light there in second place. So I'm reasonably happy with the top two and the bottom two. It's just that in the middle, and really the remaining light thing is the thing that just feels completely out of place to me. Yeah, I agree. I think it is completely out of place. You've come round to my way of thinking, having had a week to reflect on your week on your holidays that you were on the beach there. You've come round to my way of thinking. Well, kind of, because I've been on in in the sort of week and a half we've been off. A week of it have been spent on the holiday. I've not been listening to that much music, but I have been looking up other people's charts of ranking the t- Talking Head, and it seems that everybody in the world agrees on the bottom two. So naked and naked and true stories appear on every chart as the bottom two. The order does vary a little bit, but it, it's those two. The top two seems to always be 
remain in light, top usually, with Fear of Music second. Oh, really? So I think, so I think they're the two that we're meant to like best. Right. Obviously, I, I would still have Remain in Light at the bottom, personally. There, I do do like Fear of Music, but I don't think it's their, their best. I'm quite sort of happy with our chart, with the exception of Remain in Light. Which you think's too high? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would have that at the bottom. I certainly don't think that Fear of Music belongs in the top two. For me, it's fourth. It goes Speaking in Tongues, Remain in Light, Little Creatures, Fear of Music for me. And then mm. 77 or more songs in whichever order you like. I'm not that bothered. I'd probably put 77 first. And then definitely Naked Above True Stories for me. Although I have seen it at the bottom in some people's lists as well. But for me, I quite like Naked, actually. I'd even be tempted to put it a, a place or two up, possibly. I don't know. That might be a bit too radical for me. Yeah, yeah. I think I had Naked at the bottom. I think I had True did Stories you? up. I think I did, yeah. That's one that's grown a little bit. Most I've, I've been listening to Speaking in Tongues again. That grows every time I listen to it. Yeah, that's a really good album, yeah. I'm glad we got that at top, because that is my top. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely happy with the top two. I think I still think Little Creatures is number one for me at the moment. Whether that would change in time, I don't know. But um, Well, I was I was thinking about this, because you challenged me on my sniffiness about pop. Yes. And I think, with with some justification, I accept that I've always kind of felt pop was quite superficial and meaningless, and where and so therefore I've kind of always devalued that and valued higher something that's a bit more meaningful. And I kind of, but I don't. I think in this case, I'm not sure I was guilty of that. I just prefer speaking in tongues. I don't think I've reflected hard on this. Am I being pop sniffy? I don't think I am. So I've decided I'm not. So I've decided you're wrong. Okay. Fair enough. I do think, looking at everyone else's charts, all the rankings, Little Creatures is generally fifth or sixth. I, I don't, you know, that just seems ridiculous for a, an album of such quality. Well, I think because the Talking Heads were such pioneers and we were, ex- they weren't experimental in the sense that there's somebody on stage, you know, doing a six-hour symphony with a buzzsaw. They weren't, in that sense, experimental, thank goodness, which is kind of music I can't stand. But they were in a, they were pushing boundaries and changing what was called new wave. So I think there's a lot of respect is given to their earlier stuff for that reason. Whereas by the time they got to Little Creatures, they evolved into a much more standard pop act. So I think that's why that album gets downplayed rather than and the other ones get pushed up. Mm. But I think it's inescapable at the end of the day that Little Creatures just has loads of brilliant songs. It's just great fun to listen to, and it, it's the hallmark of pop in a sense is that it's a nice melodic thing that you can sing and dance to but it gets boring quite quickly i think that's what puts me off pop it just feels like it's got too Mm. short a shelf life that isn't true of little creatures i got that album probably in 1985 i guess i think it was and i'm still not bored of it so it stood the test of time i think so i think you also if listening to it you can't tell what time it's from you could say it was from any of the you know last five or six decades or whatever it is now And, and and you would believe them but you can tell that there is a change in sound of talking heads coming out of speaking in tongues into little creatures. You can tell it's a fuller, poppier, more mainstream sound. Oh, definitely. And that's where I suspect that music, muso people that do rankings of albums, that type of person, tend to be quite sniffy about music. And therefore, you know, I'm talking about myself here, I suppose, but therefore that's why they kind of push it down. But I, I think it, it kind of breaks through that barrier by just by being so bloody good. Whereas I don't think True Stories does that. And that's where I think it belongs to them. Not the songs generally aren't as good. There is a certain sense of meaningfulness to them because uh, they are trying to make a point. 
or David Byrne is trying to make a point. So there is, it, it's not just throwaway garbage. It is trying to make a, an interesting point, but it's, it's just musically not as good, not as interesting. I was reading an article recently, um, a Rolling Stone article with um, Chris France, because he's got his, his book coming out shortly. And he was saying that basically all the albums were recorded as a group. They developed the songs completely together, with the exception of Little Creatures and True Stories. And that's when David Byrne brought them demos of the songs. So, which I found surprising, because you would expect that David Byrne is this eccentric genius and he would have actually the songs that he brought more developed would actually be the more mainstream ones so i thought that was a little bit surprising yeah and when you look at a lot of his solo work you know especially i'm just trying to think of that one in the early 80s with brian eno i've forgotten the name of it now my life in the bush of ghosts or something it is pretty weird and eccentric and experimental and after this he does ray momo which i remember rushing out to buy as well quite excitedly hoping it would be kind of talking heads to you know another talking heads installment and it isn't it's very world music it's very exploring new ideas so yeah you'd imagine david byrne let off the leash would be weirder it wouldn't be more mainstream yeah so i think we're basically agreed on the list aren't we that it's all right but remaining lights in the wrong place yeah yeah we just can't agree what the right place is normally at this point we also would pick extra tracks to add on to our list and i think however many of these podcasts we do there will never probably be a more obvious extra track section coming up here as of what we well certainly what i'm going to suggest we pick well i mean there is i mean what we've picked in the other ones are non-album tracks which happen to be really good and i can't think of a non-album track that's particularly good the saxon violins which i don't think is particularly good i don't know much else that wasn't released on an album yeah the the track i liked which is off sand in the vaseline is lifetime piling up oh sand in the vaseline so there is a, there is a few extra tracks on there. So there's like the there's their first single which didn't make it onto an album. Love building on fire. Oh, okay. So it was it's a single that um, just before the '77 album, and it does just sound like a track that would be on there. And in fact, if you buy the new CD now, it does have it on there as an extra track. But I'm not suggesting we put Lifetime piling up on. The obvious place, or I think, is Stop Making Sense which is... Oh, go to a live album. Yeah, because I mean, obviously talking heads are a bit different in the fact that, you know, this is an iconic album and it's possibly the most famous, but obviously doesn't hit the criteria we have for ranking. So I was going to suggest that we pick pick a couple of tracks off here. Oh, OK. That's a good idea. Yeah, I mean, it, as I've said, it was the first album I got. I, I, I do love it. I think it's better than their studio albums. They're just a really, just such a good live band. Yeah. So, well, the ob- the obvious one then is "Girlfriend is Better." Yes, I knew you is were going right? there. Well, you mentioned it in the in the main podcast, didn't you? As how what great version it is. Did I? I don't know. It's over a week ago. You, you remember, did. Don't remember these things. Okay, great. All right, yeah, put that on them. But it doesn't get ranked, so it just goes at the bottom. Correct. Yes. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. So my other suggestion is "What a Day That Was," which I know technically isn't a. A Talking Heads song, but it is Talking Heads performing it. That is a good song, but I wonder if this is an opportunity to put Burning Down the House on, because we didn't put that on from its parent album. Did we not? No. Um, we were umming and ahhing, and uh, in the end didn't go for it. That's true. So we we could, yeah, we, we could do that. It is our top album as well, isn't it? So it's a way of sneaking on an extra track. 
Yeah, and it, I mean that it seems a bit silly leaving that track off as well. I mean, it is their sort of big hit, at least, and you know, before mm. they did things like um, what's it called, Road to Nowhere, and stuff like that. It yeah. was their kind of first big hit, and it's and it's a really good bit, song. I believe breakthrough it's what they hit. Call it. Is that the the, the terminology? But yeah, it's, it's also what... a really good song. Okay, so let's go with that then. Okay, all right then. So I think I think that's it. Do you have any more to add? No, I don't think so. I mean. I think it's a pity that the the band kind of ended up in a bit of acrimony and they don't really get on that well and you know there's not much be- friendship between David Byrne and the others. Obviously, Chris France and Tina Weymouth are still together, which is great, and I presume they got on okay with Jerry Harrison. Seem to hear a bit less of him. Always felt a little bit of detached from the other three to some extent, I think. But yeah, it seems a little bit of a pity that David Byrne is, you know, what's the word? not really open to a more friendly relationship and potential reunion. Mm. Yeah, I don't think he's open to it at all, from, again, going with from a Chris France interview. It is a shame. I think, I know, I think Jerry Harrison said to him when he was sort of splitting, talking heads up, he sort of advised him not to, and just said it will, it will take the pressure off your solo work if talking heads are still going, when you only have to produce an album, you know, once every five years or so. But um, he didn't listen and he just carried on anyway. But it, it would have been nice to have had more albums from them. But obviously it didn't happen and that's not where David Byrne's head was at. No, and still isn't. Although he did get back together with them to perform for the for, for the Hall of Fame yeah. induction, which was surprising that he got back together with them for that. Quite shocking. And they performed um, a couple of songs on that, which is which you can see on uh, YouTube. So that's nice to see, see them back together for that. But it just, again, it just showed you that they... They could continue. They could still be great. They're all still active in the music industry, as far as I know. And um, yeah, what a pity! It is. Even definitely. if it weren't, I mean, even if it weren't their core career at this point, I can understand how you maybe want to expand your horizons after a while, especially if you're someone like David Byrne with so many sort of creative irons in the fire and things he's interested in. Perfectly understand that, but you know, just now and again, get back together, do something. Don't be such a blooming stick in the mud. Yeah, because also it, it stopped touring, which of course is a shame. But it makes actually making an album less of a commitment, doesn't it? Because you don't have to go and tour it for a year or whatever afterwards. They could just knock out an album every five, even ten years and just carry it on like that. Yeah, absolutely. Or go on tour, which I would, cause I would love to see them on tour. I realise that's exactly the opposite point you were making. But yeah, basically I just selfishly want to see them on tour. Yes, well I would like to as well. I mean certainly as, as having very little knowledge of talking heads before doing this i've really enjoyed the whole experience of it and um you know discovering all the music and particularly i think help from david bowman's book the book it's is excellent and i really enjoyed reading it and obviously i started reading it and i don't think i even started listening to the music then and and really really enjoyed the book so i would recommend the book to everyone and it's it's called this must be the place or far 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 there seem to be two different versions of it. But it, but it is really, really good. I mean, that's a good note to end it on. Mm-hmm.